0: Visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A S C E N T equity group.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only.
1: When you look at the tasks that have to be completed in order to be a real estate investor, they can seem monumental before they're accomplished. But if you do something every day, five, 10, 15 minutes, an hour, every single day, you'll look back in a year and you won't believe how much you accomplished by taking those small bites, so you have to take action.
2: Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I wanna ask you, do you have a strategy right now where you are getting leads that come into your inbox while you're sleeping? Do you have a strategy where you are optimized with both Google AdWords and SEO, search engine optimization? If not, then guess what? Today's your lucky day. We've got a free strategy session just for you, and it's with Dan Barrett. If you recognize his name, he was a guest on episode 565, and he is the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy and get a free strategy session to learn with him how to implement an online strategy for your market in both SEO and Google AdWords. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. And with us today, we've got someone who's focused on mobile home park investing. So if you're interested in that, listen up. If you're not, then well, I don't know if this episode's for you actually. <laughs> Although I'm sure we'll cover some stuff that is applicable to any type of investing, but we're going to be focused on mobile home parks today. How you doing Paul Stout?
1: Doing real well, Joe, and uh, I think that the people that may not be interested in it now might want to listen up because it's, uh, it's a pretty good asset class to be in.
2: Hey, there you go. That's the attitude. A little bit up, Paul. He's the owner of KP Asset Management. He is a mobile home park investor. He owns one mobile home park, 40 plus. What do we call them? Units or spaces or what do we what, what do we say?
1: Well, you can call them units or pads. We'll call them pads, typically or lots. And then they have uh, six units in a small storage facility on the mobile home park.
2: He specializes in assisting investors in buying and selling investment properties. And he's based in Chicago, Illinois. You can say hi to him at kpassets.com. With that being said, Paul, you want to give the Best Ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I basically started out, always been interested in investing. I do remember when I was a young kid, I think I was about 13 or 14 years old, my dad was telling me about some of his investing, and he actually brought me downtown Chicago to meet with a stockbroker. I didn't end up investing with him, but I was pretty interested in everything the guy had to say. I started investing as early as I could. I think I was about 16 or 17. I bought the Carlton Sheets program. Never really did much with it. You get a lot of negative influences in your life. People saying you can't do it. You start to believe it. So I kind of went on hold with that for a while, started investing in the stock market, have been doing that for quite a while. And then here in the last few years, started thinking about the real estate again. I had purchased some vacant lots a few years back and really wanted to do something more, wanted to get into rental properties. Started looking into real estate investing again, started really getting serious about it, started educating myself, getting on the forums, started networking with people. I think I kind of started out like a lot of investors, where I had a certain price point, felt that it would be a good idea to get into single-family houses because the entry fee is so so low. As I did more research, I started to realize that probably wasn't for me. I was looking for more passive investment than a job. Started to think about apartment buildings. Did a little more research and stumbled upon this mobile home park thing. Blew it off at first because I kind of thought uh, what most people probably think immediately I don't want anything to do with a mobile home park, and how could that be a good investment? But then I started doing a little bit of research, and as I did more research and just started immersing myself into it, realized it was what I wanted to do, and it was for me. Went and got my real estate broker's license for Indiana, work in the northwest Indiana area. Shortly, I'll be working on my uh, Illinois license as well so that I can help people who want to move out of the high tax state of Illinois and move into Indiana. And also I want to be able to help investors and Northwest Indiana is is quite a great place to invest some good properties out here. There's good appreciation, good rental markets, things like that. So I started looking for mobile home parks. It was very difficult, made a lot of offers, finally came across one on LoopNet was kind of a poor ad. The photograph wasn't real nice. The description wasn't great, but I knew the area and I started looking into it. Plugged all the numbers into the uh, spreadsheet that I had built to evaluate parks, realized that it looked pretty good, made an offer, and the response was positive. We got pretty close, started negotiating, and bought the park. So... And it's gone very well since then.
2: As simple as that. <laughs> you, boil, you boil it down and it seems like I could just listen to this interview and then go buy a mobile home park. Let's drill in a little bit. How would you know how to evaluate if it was a good deal or not?
1: Well, I started out and thankfully, Joe, I didn't get any of these deals that I was looking at because I made one of the biggest mistakes originally that anybody makes. And I'm sure you can appreciate this when you take an apartment building And you have 24 units and your rent is X amount. You multiply that. You back out your expense ratio to get your NOI, And what do you assign whatever cap rate? Well, I was looking at a lot of parks that had park-owned mobile homes. So in other words, the people that own the park were not only renting the lots, but they were renting the mobile homes as well. Had I gotten one of those deals, I'd have been very sorry because you definitely do not want to capitalize the mobile homes. Fortunately enough, I learned that that was the wrong way to do it. I spent a lot of time on bigger pockets, talking to a lot of experienced investors. I invited some of them to have coffee with me. I bought everything I could buy. I listened to everything I could find, read everything I could find, and pretty much just took all the bits and pieces from all those sources, came up with my own spreadsheet, and it seems to have worked out.
2: How long have you had it?
1: I closed the beginning of May this year, actually.
2: Oh, it's fresh,
1: fresh, brand new.
2: Where, where is it located?
1: It's down by Springfield, Illinois.
2: How far away is that from where you live?
1: About two hours and 45 minutes. How do you manage it? Well, Joe, one thing that's important to me at first is to manage this myself. And I know that most investors will look at that and say, well, you just said you wanted a passive investment and now you're saying you manage this mobile home park yourself. It was important to me to invest in this mobile home park by myself and to manage it by myself because I want to scale this business and I want to be able to build systems and I want to be able to build processes so that I can grow, get more properties. And the only way I feel that I can do that is by experience. So if I experience all these little things that I could never have imagined, I can build these systems and these processes and then I can implement them in the future. Now, my my long-term goal is not to manage my own parks. I definitely don't want to do that, but I felt that it was important to manage this one. It's a small park. It's very manageable. Basically, I own a parking lot, and it literally is that. I do not own a single home. All of the utilities are direct build from the utility providers. They own up to the meter, and the mobile home park owners own everything after the meter, other than a small connection, which is typically about six feet of wire and six feet of pipe. So, even if I had to replace every bit of utility that I owned in the park, I could probably do it for less than $5,000. I've got everybody there cuts their own grass. There are a couple of little common areas. I have a plowing contract. So, I, I really, there's not much by way of management. And when I talk about trying to figure these things out. You you can read all you want. You know, there's some mobile home park educational material out there and they go through hundreds of scenarios. There's a 24 hours of audio and they talk about everything you could imagine. But you just can't foresee things unless you experience it yourself. For instance, one of the things, when I bought this park, I kind of imagined, if I were going to get a call from a tenant in my park, I tried to imagine the types of things that I'd be getting called about you know, different types of complaints or concerns or problems. And I haven't gotten any of those. And I bet you couldn't even guess the number one complaint that I get from my tenants. What is that? Stray cats.
2: Stray cats.
1: So, <laughs> I, I, I would have never. <laughs> so that, that's an example of I, I could never even imagine stray cats as being the number one complaint. I came up with a way to deal with it. And it's really not a problem. But it's just an example of how I could not even foresee what these things are. So if I'm going to go out and I'm going to scale this business and obviously the best way to scale this is by using other people's money. I couldn't do that in good conscience without knowing about the business and without building these processes from experience. So that is why I'm managing this park myself. Mm.
2: All right. What do you do in terms of when you look at where your business is at and where you want it to go, how do you think about that? Like, do you do any action along the way as you're managing this to find another deal or are you solely focus on this one?
1: It's kind of important to me. And this goes back to my whole philosophy of investing and, and doing anything really. There's a difference between say somebody like a uh, Steve Jobs and uh, just a regular guy who works a nine to five. But that difference is not what most people will think. It's not that this person who's highly successful is a genius and has all these talents. Now, obviously Steve jobs had certain talents, but the difference is action. Steve jobs did things every single day. He spent hours and hours and hours. So you never know what you can be or what you can do. If you don't do anything towards that goal. So every single day I make it a goal of mine to do something. It doesn't matter if it's five minutes of going on a forum, to read something about mobile home parks, or if it's 10 minutes of looking at listings, I look at things and I try to do something every single day because you always look at these monumental tasks. But I kind of look at it as if if you had to walk from New York to Chicago, what is the hardest step? Is it that first step or is it that last? Well, definitely it's the first step. But every day you take one step, eventually you're going to get there. And that last step, you can't wait to do it. I mean, you'd probably be running at that point. So you have to take steps every day, no matter how small to keep that energy going, to keep that flow. So what I do, even if I have absolutely no intention of purchasing a property, I evaluate properties all the time. I do that because kind of keeps me up on what are the cap rates in these areas that people are asking. I try and find out what the prices are of some of these sold for. Sometimes you can find those things out. I talk to brokers. I pick properties and I run them through the calculations, and as if I were going to buy the property. And I've even made some offers on properties. Now, the other thing that I do is I talk to people, because if you don't get the word out that you're doing this, nobody knows, and you never know where a deal can come from. You could be talking to someone, and someone in the next line over at a grocery store can overhear you and come up and say, "Hey, you know, I got this mobile home park and." or my grandmother has this. So you never know who has what. So you have to talk about it. So I try and talk about it to anybody who's interested. A lot of people are interested in real estate investing. Obviously, when you land on the fact that I invest in mobile home parks, it piques people's interest. Not so much that they want to do it at that time, but it's unusual to them. And everybody's got this idea of what it is from watching cops or something like that, or knowing someone who lived in a mobile home park or having a rundown park in their area. And you get to talk to people and could find deals that way. I actually am working on one right now that came to me that way, kind of early stages, but hopefully it'll work out. This property came to me just by having a conversation with someone and them mentioning that they knew somebody who had a mobile home park. And I said, well, if you know that they want to sell it, I'll offer a finder's fee, and if I buy it from them, I'll pay you a fee, and lo and behold, the owner called me out of the blue one day, so now we're talking about that.
2: How much is a finder's fee?
1: I haven't decided that yet. I want to make it something fair. I guess it all depends on what I pay for the park, what I'll get from the park. This particular park looks like it'll probably be some sort of a lease option type deal, so I haven't really pinpointed a number. I've been thinking through the process. I want it to be fair but I was actually going to get on some of the forums and figure out what some of these other guys that do the same thing, what they're offering. And as long as it's fair, I want that person that gets that finder's fee to say, hey, this was a great deal and tell their friends about it because then there's more deal flow.
2: How much did you buy the property for, the mobile home park?
1: The mobile home park I bought was $485,000. 485000
2: And how much did you put into it?
1: Between closing costs, down payment, the whole nine yards, attorney's, I got about $100,000 from my own cash in it.
2: And you didn't bring in any investors? I did not. You did not, okay.
1: That kind of goes back to me not really feeling comfortable to, to ask someone to invest unless I can prove that I can
2: make their money work
1: before I know myself whether or not I can make their money work.
2: How long do you plan on holding the park?
1: I've been thinking about that a lot. This park, my initial intent was to increase the value, being a commercial property, I've already taken a lot of steps in order to force appreciation.
2: How have you forced it?
1: I've raised the rents. They're well below market when I bought it. I'm still below market, but I'm not much below market. Basically, when I purchased it, the average rent was about $175, $178 per pad. And the market rent in the area is about 210 So I didn't raise all the rents. I kind of picked a number that I felt everyone would feel comfortable with then I bumped that up. So that was about $25 a pad and I'll slowly move them up every year until we get closer to market. And the other way was by decreasing the costs and some of the ways I decreased the costs, which obviously there aren't many, I called around and I got a hold of some of the big mobile home park investors. One of the big things was the insurance, the owner that had the park prior to me, was getting much less coverage, and he was paying over twice what I'm paying. So, decrease the cost, increase the income. So that all goes right to the bottom line. There's two vacant pads, so I'm going to infill those. I haven't yet. I'm working on a plan to get that done. So those are some of the ways. Basically, if you want to know a couple of the numbers, when I first purchased it, the net operating income was about fifty-seven thousand. My projected for year to year, let's say, it is going to be about seventy-three thousand. So that gives me a monthly cash flow starting out was about 2200 a month. Now it's about 35 So when I purchased the property, I bought it just under a 12 cap, just over a 15 cap. Right now, I'm not including management fees in my NOI, but obviously if I go to sell this park, that is going to be in there. So when I tell you it's just over a 15, it's probably somewhere just under a 15 in reality. If you apply a, a, a typical management fee for a park like this it's really not that much i want to say that that's about two grand a year on this size park because the way that they do that is typically you get the lot rent for free so in my case that would be about 210 a month and then in a park like mine there's so little going on i can get away with anywhere between five and ten dollars per pad as a management fee so as you can see the management fees are not really set up the same as they would be in an apartment complex like you own whether they be five seven ten percent it's more based on how many pads you have how many residents you have there's bonuses for moving people in things like that
2: what's your best real estate investing advice ever
1: my best real estate investing advice ever well basically i believe you have to take action you have to believe in yourself It all has to start in your own mind. You're going to have people all around you when you bring up real estate. And the first response they're going to have is, why would you want to be plunging somebody's toilet at midnight? And that's obviously not the reality. You know that. You have to believe that you can do it. When you know that you can do it, get a hold of the people that are encouraging. Listen to them and take action. No matter how small, you have to do something every day. When you look at the tasks that have to be completed in order to be a real estate investor, They can seem monumental before they're accomplished. But if you do something every day, five, 10, 15 minutes, an hour, every single day, you'll look back in a year and you won't believe how much you accomplished by taking those small bites. So you have to take action.
2: You ready for the best ever lightning round? Are you ready for some best ever answers? Boom, I am, baby. (laughs) First, a quick word before we get those best ever answers. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Looking for your next family vacation spot, Park Square Homes is teaming up with Amina's Mortgage Services to provide a turnkey experience for new vacation rental homes just 20 minutes from Disney World. For more info, contact Amina's Mortgage Services, and you can go to their website at aminas-ms.ca. That's aminas-ms.ca. All right, here we go. You've set the bar really high. Best ever book you've read. I believe the best ever book I've read
1: is Outliers, and the reason for that is it's not really a real estate book, but if you read it, it helps you to realize that the difference between highly successful people and people that live mediocre life is truly action. You have to do things. You have to have a goal. You have to have a plan, and you have to do something. You can dream. And you can think about things, but if you don't do anything, nothing will come to you. And if you want to know my entire philosophy on investing and in success, if you read Outliers and then you also read Millionaire Next Door, that's basically me in a nutshell.
2: Best ever personal growth experience and what'd you learn from it?
1: I would have to say that my best ever personal growth experience was my wife and I had kids. And what that really did, my job, I have a day job. I work construction. And I work a lot of hours. And you still do. I realized, yeah, I do. Uh, last week, I it was about 75 hours. So I work a lot of hours. And so I don't get to see my family as much as I like. So having kids and seeing that there's more to life than going out and making money really changed my, my way of looking at things. I can stay at this job that I have. I make great money, but the sacrifice is too high for me. If I can invest in real estate and I can have a even a decent income. Even if I don't make as much as I did at my day job, between the real estate brokerage, I believe that I could truly be happier making less money because I'll be able to spend more time with my kids. So that that was really the best personal growth for me. It kind of pushed me into doing what I always kind of wanted to do, always wanted to get into real estate, never really had the nerve to do it. That's really what pushed me, is wanting to spend more time with my family.
2: What's the best ever deal you've done?
1: I would have to say the best ever deal I've done so far is the current park that I have, because it's going pretty well. I don't really see finding too many parks like this. So we talked a little bit before about me selling this park. I may sell it, but it's gonna be real hard for me to find a park that has this little management requirements just because of the fact that I don't own anything. It's a parking lot. People pay me to sit in a parking lot just a quick example too is when somebody leaves, and tell me if they do this in your apartments, Joe. They find a tenant. The reason they find a tenant because their home is sitting there, so they don't want to move that home. Right. It costs about five thousand dollars to move a mobile home. Some of these mobile homes are worth seven, eight thousand dollars, sometimes ten. So they'll go out. They'll find you a new tenant. That new tenant will send you all the uh, the application, the fees, first month's rent, security deposit, all that and you don't even have to find a tenant. Obviously, that's not every time, but it's a pretty sweet deal if you think about it.
2: What's the biggest mistake you've made so far in real estate?
1: I'd have to say my biggest mistake is not taking action sooner, also questioning myself and listening to the naysayers who said you can't do it, the ones that threw the roadblocks up, who talked about all the negative aspects of things. I let that get in my head, and I took a break from really chasing this desire to invest in real estate for a long time. That was probably my biggest mistake. I should have been doing this a long time ago.
2: What's the best place the best ever listeners can reach you?
1: They can get me on my email, which is paul at kpassets.com. There's also a contact us link on kpassets.com.
2: Paul, thank you for being on the show and talking about mobile home park investing. How you bought your first one, four hundred eighty-five thousand dollars purchase price, about a hundred k of your own money. Entering in the NOI is fifty-seven k. It's projected to be seventy-three k over the course of the first year, which translates to monthly cash flow from twenty-two hundred to thirty-five hundred. And talking through how you're making that happen from forcing the appreciation by raising the rents, 25 bucks a pad, and decreasing the cost, one of which items was insurance. Really impressive, especially given your 75 hours a week in your day job. It's impressive standing alone and then taking an account even more impressive. Thanks so much for being on the show, Paul. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon.
1: I appreciate it, Joe. Take care.
2: Looking for your next family vacation spot, Park Square Homes is teaming up with Amina's Mortgage Services to provide a turnkey experience for new vacation rental homes just 20 minutes from Disney World. For more info, contact Amina's Mortgage Services, and you can go to their website at aminas-ms.ca. That's aminas-ms.ca.